Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, there's plenty talk of the global downturn of late following the pandemic and the war in the Ukraine. However, writing in last uh, Sunday's Independent, Conor Skeen thinks that Ireland possibly has the, the ability to protect itself from its worst effects. Good morning, Conor. How are you? How are you? I'm great. Last, in, Good. last Sunday in your article, Connor, you talked about an inflection point, that being September, a time yeah. maybe where a lot of different things collide and we get a perfect storm. Can you maybe elaborate a bit on that for us? Certainly, yes. Uh, I was writing in the general context of what's going to happen with Ireland's property going out into the future, the property markets, and I was painting a background picture of the fact that uh, a series of factors, almost all of them, Uh, externally driven would drive the twin horrors of inflation on the one hand and uh, increase in interest rates which tends to follow inflation on the other and how they were going to be very challenging for the world at large. Uh, I was then going on to comment on the fact that Ireland because of a series of factors that includes our uh, very young and highly educated population, our EU membership, the fact that we have a common law system, the fact that we have an English speaking uh, workforce and population uh, were going to shield us from the worst of those effects. And then on top of that, uh, our exports in particular are not concentrated in those kind of cyclical uh, heavy manufacturing uh, goods production like, you know, cars and trucks and metal bashing, that we're in those sectors like information, uh, communication, health, uh, scientific, Mm -hmm. and uh, those kinds of high-tech manufacturing, which the world will continue to need no matter what's happening. So it's kind of luck that we've ended up with those things. And a lot of that well-being, remember, is relative. So uh, when you say Ireland uh, is going to weather the storm, it would be it'll be that we will have one of the least bad outcomes or our outcomes will be better than other people. It doesn't mean that there won't be uh, pain and uh, some of the pain is going to be not from external forces. It'll be the appalling self-inflicted internal pain caused by our disastrous energy planning policies of the last five years. Well, we'll talk about that in a second, but if we we just look at energy for a moment and we saw even in today's papers the 40-50% hikes on top of previous hikes, like the data centres and the big tech companies, they're going to be affected by those energy hikes as well. It's a broad spectrum. Some of them will and some of them won't. Everybody focuses endlessly on the data centers as a kind of a handy whipping boy that people love to pick on, but they're doing that like a magician to sort of distract people from their own failings. The data center issue, such as it is, uh, is a thing that was well flagged as far back as 2013 by Airgrid. Uh, it also hides the fact that the data centers own prodigious amounts of the wind energy that we have, and an awful lot of them uh, are self-sufficient. So that's, you know, I'm not even going to get caught into that straw man argument. The other big uh, energy, the other big industries we have, yes, some of them uh, use a lot of energy, and some of them are very elegant in their energy use. So it'll fall unevenly on those. Yeah, um, we also then, I know you talked um, about, about property affordability and, you know, people's homes being their greatest, greatest asset. So does, does this, will this mean that people will focus more on their primary asset, which is their home, either trying to protect it and not lose it or uh, effectively try to buy a home? Well, 
Uh, homes are a place of refuge for people in times of anxiety and times of uncertainty. So it'll certainly bubble up uh, even more in people's consciousness how much their house costs, how much their house is worth, and most importantly, how much they'll pay for any kind of mortgage they have. So uh, the, as interest rates go up, and they're going to go up a lot, Bobby, yeah. uh, people are going to have to factor that into to a diminishing amount of disposable income. Yeah, no, we were looking at the, the ECB. They're talking about, you know, three quarters of 1% now, you know, as, a, as, as the next one. We've already had one. So you're right, that will have. And, and Connor, can I ask you then about, um, I suppose, the effect on commercial property? Um, people working from home, people shopping online. You, you've got a lot, of, a lot of factors there that are, I suppose, going to affect people and businesses in the negative, along with inflation? It's, <clears throat> there's going to be an awful lot of change. Uh, whether it's going to be negative or positive uh, is just a matter of glass half full, glass half empty. Undoubtedly, offices uh, are emptying out. We're seeing some of the really big office uh, owners in Dublin starting to sublet, especially people in the tech sector. We're seeing the retail sector getting hammered by a combination of everything from lower footfall in the city centre to very poorly uh, planned uh, traffic and pedestrianisation measures in major urban areas, combined with people having changing patterns of uh, retail activity by online shopping. Then you combine that, so you've got the double whammy now that in the city centre areas there's less commercial prospects, less uh, retail prospects. And then that's also being balanced by huge changes at the edge of the city where you can't get warehouse type spaces for Lovner money as uh, Mm. these people who are doing all these deliveries are gobbling up every piece of land available for that. So it's a very mixed pattern Bobby and uh, people who've got investment portfolios often have a blend of different types of land. But you also point out that 68% of all global wealth ends up in real estate. So for good or for bad. Exactly. So the more the world changes, the more the world stays the same. It's an amazing figure when you see it, but that's McKinsey's, the global report. And despite all the high tech, all the fancy stuff, all the concentration of wealth into the hands of a small number of people, most of the wealth is still in land. And that's why I think it's going to persist a long time out into the future. So if people do have property as part of their investment, whether it's their own or for, for commercial gain, if you're willing to, or if you have the stomach for what's going to happen in the next eight or ten years, uh, it's probably all going to even out at the end and it's as good or the least bad of all the investments going out into the future but yeah. it's going to be a rocky 10 years yeah and what about the next year Connor? if we look over the water at the uk uh, and again can we catch they say that if they catch the cold we catch the flu like they're looking at figures of 18.6 percent inflation in early 23 they've yeah. got a manufacturing factory slump they've got brexit uh they, they, they're going to go into official re- recession. Will we not be impacted by that? We'll be impacted, I think, in a few ways. One of them is just sentiment, and sentiment is exactly what it says in the tin. It's what people feel. So Ireland, in terms of sentiment, does tend to catch colds not always the flu, but colds from British sentiment because we're so saturated by British media. That is one component. But the other components are all what I classify in my head as there but for the grace of God. So uh, we are still uh, in the EU and we are still able to receive inward investments from other countries. I mean, the the British media have completely either hidden or ignored the fact that their uh, severing of of links to the outside world's economic activities is savage, savage. So those things that will happen in Britain will not be as severe here, but we will certainly have inflation. We will certainly have increase in interest rates. When I left home to go out to the United States, the loan I borrowed from my, from my college fees out there was 19% per annum. Yeah. 
I remember those days too. Exactly, but a lot of the people uh, who are listening, your listeners, will neither believe nor understand, because they definitely won't remember, that it can go that high. It doesn't last for a long time, but it's by God, it's scary. But it produces incredibly complex decision-making then, because if you're, if you're borrowing, if you can borrow during a period of high inflation, the inflation eats away uh, the, <clears throat> the cost of your, of your loan very, very quickly. So yeah. really complex dynamics at the same time. A lot of gambling, a lot of judgment ha- has to be made. And in a weird way, in a period of high inflation and high interest rates, uh, okay. it's an amazing time to get bargains. Well, listen, uh, as always, great to talk to you, Connor. Um, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.